Welcome to another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me, as always, are... Dan. Mike. And Steve. And or, not Ward. Yeah, yeah Sharps is Ward. unavailable today. We had a bit of a pause there, because we're used to Ward. We kind of all waited. Why is Ward not... Oh, wait, he's not even at the table. Normally, we can, can't see him past the table, though. Yeah, so sure. yeah he's <laughs> kind of hiding on the stool. I just forgot about that. <laughs> okay, uh, well, let's jump right in, then. Uh, so... Let's start off with where our progress is for hobby things that we've been doing. So for some people, be Kalf. Ward, we're just going to assume did nothing because he's not here anyways and probably did nothing anyways. I don't. Well, no, no, the fact you he will say arts. LVO mode. That's well, all he'd he'd say. I I know he's he's gone after and done a bunch of PHR because he has. Yep. Yes, we'll talk about this later, but we have a week and a half till we leave. And by the time this airs, it'll be like four days. Yes. Yeah. So he's been happy. We have four that. days until the LVO. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Um, so Tom, what are you working on? Uh, well, I started. I decided. Oh fuck! This is going to overlap a lot. So I, I'm working on Malifaux. We'll talk more about it later. Do you want to just skip and we'll go on to that later? Um, but then I also I finished okay. up my Contemptor like 100, percent which yep. has been subsequently posted on the Hobby Night in Canada page. Yeah. And got a little bit more work done on some of my. Uh, other Iron Warriors, just trudging along, trying to get the infantry done. Nothing nice. major, to, so to speak, of. Nice. I also got some work done on my Cal stuff. They're airbrushed. Oh, let me see. Let me see that shit. Whoa. It's green. It's I have green army men now. Perfect. <laughs> oh, just one airbrush. <laughs> I did a little bit of a Zenithal. There actually is on there. I don't know if I want to go that much hi- higher with it, actually. Uh, you need Much, you much need... higher than that, and you stop being Salamander Green. Yeah. I think you needed a yeah. darker base coat. I don't know about that. I'm kind of going to go there and see what I can do with some weathering on a couple of test models before I go any further. I'm not. Uh, see- Maybe it's the lighting in here. I'm not seeing a lot. Good podcasting. Let's talk about what we're seeing. <laughs> okay, but on, on that point, there's hey, a lot. everyone, of- I'm pushing it towards the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was ever funny, but anyway, moving on. Uh, there's a lot of other details in this. Yeah, model. yeah. I'm yeah. actually happy with it. No, and I get it, because the main focus for what we're doing for these, because we are all tactical painting them, yep. is the basic armor is not the money shot. You're looking for... The details yep. is where all the real work comes in, and surprisingly enough, I think it actually goes a long way. I think once you see these finished, you're going to be like, oh yeah, that's fine, that, that Zenith will make sense. And you're still going to do some shading. Yeah, there's going to be a, a wash in there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Just in a few little areas. Uh, what else do you do? Anything else? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you had something cool for Las Vegas Open, like some sort of little side project, because I'm going to talk about mine. Well, I do, but I'll be talking about it later okay. when we talk about okay. the LVO. Okay, gotcha. Dan, how about you? I busted out the airbrush finally the other day, and as I noted again on the Facebook page, that involves uh, busting out the hobo grade denim. <laughs> <laughs> because if anyone has ever spilled airbrush cleaner before, or like a pot of paint, airbrush paint yeah. or something, yeah, you, you don't wear your good fancy jeans while, yeah. while airbrushing. That's That's just... The way it goes. Or you do like me, and then your wife yells at you. What or or you be like me, and just no fancy jeans will fit you, so you're just always wearing hobo <laughs> jeans. <laughs> what else also did you get done? <laughs> but that was really just it. Like I didn't have uh, too much hobby time. I'm entering the phase of having no coworkers at the office, so one man army. 
means I am dead to the world by the time I get home, whenever that is. I because really you're a dumbass. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Said that out loud. You Wait, did. That's punchy, isn't it? I really wanted to know, uh, though, maybe. if you got any assembly done on the Primarch or any of the cool Raven Guard stuff. Because our Forge World Order came in. Um, the character that I'm doing up for the World Eaters is all cleaned and prepped. Uh, nice. Deciding whether to um, airbrush him in separate pieces or as one, like with more complex masking. Sweet. So he's, he, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do the painting on him, so he wasn't airbrushed, but... Um, yeah, so that is, what's his name? Tyberos the Wet Red Wake. And he was for, what, Red Scorpions? He was oh, the uh, Space Sharks, Carcharodons, or whatever. Yeah, he was their right. master. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to be slightly converting him to World Eaters and giving him, like, uh, the cape from uh, Moloch of the Red Scorpions. Nathan didn't use the cape on his. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fun. Um, so, from the Minotaurs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I got um, so I got him all cleaned up and prepped and everything. And, I, yeah, like I said, once I decide if I'm going to do... Him painting wise and sub assemblies, and I'll finish up the conversion work. But are um, you doing him as a sub out for one of the characters that you have in the set? Yeah, he'll be instead of the um, whatever you call him the the guy the cataphract character. Yeah, that the guy. one the one in Terminator armor. Yeah, I can't remember if he has a, he probably has a specific name, but he's an Ultramarine, so who cares? <laughs> but okay, uh, <laughs> moving on to anybody that plays. Yeah, so I did. No one so plays Ultramarines. But yeah, so anyway, I did I did finish the John, airbrushing for the 30 power armor rings. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. That I somebody. To see that. John so is still somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think of John more as, a, as like a, a space marine player, not an ultramarine player. Okay. So did you get all the layers white done, everything? Yeah, so they're all done, and I only stabbed my finger once on the needle, and that was when I was cleaning at the end. That's awesome. Oh. My finger still really hurts. Oh, yeah. what, was Suck it, the, it Was it the tip? Just the tip. Mike, how about you? <laughs> what you been working on? I got actually quite a bit done. I got uh, some PHR infantry done, the nice. Valkyries. Um, I got some Zombicide zombies done. Nice. And I did all the mine markers for Dystopian. I did, you post that to the site? Yeah, those. yeah. And the 15 uh, saw tokens I got done for them as well. And I'm like mm, a day away from finishing two larges and three medium ships. And, um, so you're still going hard on the dystopian stuff. Yeah, I'm just, well, it's almost done. I just, it, you can uh, see the end now. It's like, oh, look, this is the last of my gotcha. covenant. I can get it all done in a week. And Yeah, so a day now. And then I've got some Malifo that's almost done and ready to go. Which crew? Oh, it's all over the place. It's the the spider robots and uh, fin- finishing the pacemaker and the uh, protector. I can't remember. Exactly. So some guild and some... Uh, Arcanist, yes. Okay. And then I'm working on some... I got other things on the go. We'll leave it at that. How's that? <laughs> I'll stop now. Okay, now I'm just curious. The roadkill cars for like... Oh, oh yeah, I saw yeah, those yeah. At the, at the, this weekend. They were uh, pretty solid. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, I guess it's my turn. Yep. I have been uh, still seeing a lot of red. I've been working on my Eldar, just still trying to get them ready to go for Las Vegas Open. I finished all the bases actually right before we started podcasting. So that's a major, major step. I'm happy about that. And the bases that I had to sculpt because the, the lab bases that I picked didn't have the large oval bases. Uh, they're an older baseline and they never did one of the like Wraith Knight or, or Flying Stand size bases. Okay. Yep. Uh, I had to do that by hand. And I usually they don't turn out that well when I do things like that because um, I'm not a sculptor, shockingly enough. But these ones, actually, I'm really, really happy with. 
Uh, they look just, good. And all painted up, they look pretty indistinguishable from the other ones. Do yeah. You, the lava effect turned out great once it was all finished. And do you know what that is? Is that, that a, the GW um, one from the YouTube video? Nope. The lava effect on this here is super glue poured into a crevice that I scraped out by hand out of pumice gel and then accelerant, and it actually kind of crackled properly. Huh. Yeah, because I couldn't think of a way to do the crackling for, <laughs> uh, like, because the other the, the bases that I bought have sort of like a smeared on lava, like a flow, and I couldn't figure out how I was going to really do that. So huh. a whole shitload of superglue actually worked pretty decently. Okay, I just <laughs> want to do a shout out to superglue and accelerant because that combo does almost anything you want. Yeah. Gap filling, money. Yes. You can sand it down after, too. <laughs> it's amazing. Not that bad. <laughs> yeah, anyways, it worked out really well. So I finished up all that. I did actually get 10 Marines base coated for uh, Cal stuff. I was showing Dan earlier. I did actually do a little bit of weathering around the uh, feet of some of them, and I'm not happy with how it turned out, which is why I didn't show you. Yeah. Uh, Potentially trying out some new techniques for round two. Yeah, yeah. The sponging went on really well, and then I used uh, the liquid uh, pigment set stuff from Vallejo. I don't remember what it's pigment fixer yeah that's what it's called uh and it went on so thick like you know how normally you put it on really thick and then you varnish it and it's like way way less that's only if you're putting it on like bare yeah this stuff you get no diminishing with a varnish yeah very very little that's why a lot of people like it yeah but if you don't know that ahead of time then you're probably going to put on the pigments a little heavy well i knew it was going to do that but i didn't think it was going to be that bad well, because like, one of the biggest things is that when you're you're i think we might have talked about this before but when you're spraying a pigment with an aerosol Two things are happening. You're diluting it with the actual yeah aerosol uh, with the actual um, varnish that's going on there, and you're, and you're physically blowing yeah. some of it off. Yeah. Whereas in this case, neither one of those two things are happening. Yeah. So, anyways, it it turned out I got to do a little bit more work on that. So, uh, yeah, got a lot of that done. But the other thing that I've been working on a tiny bit is my Infinity because I want to bring it down to the LVO and play some games on Saturday night or Friday night whenever there's a f- little bit of free time. That'll be fun. So, yeah. And the phone. <laughs> and the phone. I didn't know we were taking calls for this episode. Exactly. Okay, well, let's move on then to Shut Up and Take My Money. So, Steve, let's just reverse this cycle now. What's popped out for you that you want to throw money at? Well, I did. Uh, my Forge World Order came in, and I am immediately regretting my decision of deciding to paint the Legion Terminators instead of the Terminators that came in the box, because I'll show you later, the detail on the Fire Drakes is truly terrifying. Yeah, they're going to take a while. Yeah, it, it's like, why did I do this kind of territory? There is actually a reason, aside from the fact that there aren't any Iron Warriors special things, really, <laughs> why I'm just sticking to Calf, but I'm just sticking to Calf regardless of maybe getting some Breach of Marines or something like that, Yeah, because they're all really simple. <laughs> yeah, these, these Fire Drakes are amazing. Like, the shields look really cool, but... Ugh, they're all scales. Like, I mean, the only way that I'm going to get done this fast is by dry brushing them and for the Which would ruin it. Or yeah. just paint the Calf ones and then have the fire drakes for later. Well, I'm going to paint the 30 Marines like I was talking about earlier. I'm excited about that. I'll get them done and then I'll make a decision based on how much time I have left. <laughs> That's that reasonable. <laughs> yeah. So, either way, that was my shut up and take my money because I'm not spending anything now until Las Vegas open. Michael. Uh, I... It was some drop zone purchases, actually, rounding out all the armies that I almost have done, but now I have all of them ready. <laughs> so nothing in specific, just one of them. No, everything. just a, yeah, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, but yeah. Bits and bobs. Cool. Yeah, like I said, just to finish them off. So. Cool. Dan. 
I actually can't think of anything this time. Oh, you, wow. you're in the same boat as me. We had the Raven Guard. Uh, but I think the, I said that last time. Yeah. Oh, really? So I already used the... Uh, well, hopefully our listeners have a short memory span. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't... I, I was thinking about it all day today. Not literally all day. I did have work and stuff to do. But throughout the day, I was trying to think, like, was there anything that was announced this week? Anything I picked up this week? Anything, even old product that I was, you know, looking to get into finally or whatever? And yeah. I, I think I went two weeks without spending hobby money. Wow. Well that done. doesn't happen. Well done. <laughs> Awkward silence. Everybody's, everybody's I think scared. he needs help. Everybody's worried for Dan. Wow, that's... So, Tom, how about yourself? Okay, I'm just looking up the exact wording for it quickly here. Do you have wording the, for your shopping? Well, because the names are all kind of fucked up with some of the Malifaux models that have been coming out. Ah, okay. Uh, because there's so many emissaries and effigies and... Well, I know them all. I'll just make sure you do too. Okay, it is the Lucky Emissary. <laughs> um, Steve, you're going to like this. It is a new model for Gremlins that is kind of like a Doom Wheel. Well, I am interested. This is relevant to my interests. Except on the inside, it is a pig being led by a Gremlin on a stick. Okay, that's actually kind of hilarious. So Normally it, I would hate this and everything it stands for, but this is actually pretty hilarious. So basically what it is, it's uh, <laughs> one of the new Emissary models, and they have a really interesting um, way that they work <laughs> into the game, where depending on the turn and how many points you've been getting from the strat, will actually give them specific buffs with how they're going to apply to the rest of your army. Okay. So you kind of... The better you're doing in the game, you can actually kind of ramp them up, and the more you're playing towards the specific scenarios that you're playing. Uh, and this one, it's really a pig in, like, a big hamster wheel. Okay, this, but there is a serious flaw with this design. Do you see it? I'm not looking at it right now. Okay, do you see? what The, the, the flaw is there's no wheel to stop it from actually just rotating. Like, there's a guy riding it at the top. How the fuck doesn't he just fall over forward? Because uh, it's weird. Okay. He's running backwards, Steve. Come on! <laughs> He's on his little, like, stool, like, part of the frame, and the wheel's turning underneath, but there's nothing, like... Nothing stabilizing nothing the actual stabilizing. seat on top. It makes it makes very little sense, physically. Yeah, but... The, <laughs> admittedly, welcome is, to the gremlins! Admittedly, there is a, a carnivorous pig chasing a gremlin in the middle, so... Hey. Yeah. Okay. Um, there you go, Dan. I like it. It's cool. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, because they leaked it, it's probably going to be out the next three to four months. Nice. So i got to wait a little bit, but when it comes out, I'll be really happy. Cool. Uh, speaking of stuff that's been leaked, but that looks like it's coming out pretty soon, I do actually want to shout out that I'm, I'm kind of interested in the Wolfen. Uh, what the? F- 13th well, Company Space Wolves? Yeah, they're, they're doing plastic yeah. Wolfen for Space Wolves, and it, they actually look like nice sculpts. Like, you know, we're talking about the dwarves, and they're, they're like sort of Fire Slayer-type cool sculpts it's in that same sort of vein like they look really dynamic they look not just like shitty catachans and power armor with red hair <laughs> you know what I mean so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that see I really want there to be like some of them riding wolves uh uh Tom <laughs> not sure how to respond to that but I, I appreciate it I just I fully embrace the fetishes of the 40k wolves on wolves yeah might as well go full on why not no, no, their bolter shells have wolves on them. They're just like wolves on wolves shooting wolves. I really, really hope that the Carcardons end up having sharks that they ride into. For, no, I want them to look like street sharks. Forgeworld oh, cool. tends to do one of their open days or whatever on the first week of April. And there was one year where they actually had, like, tucked away in the back of one of the display cabinets, they got one of the sculptors to do, like, 
a shark looking jet bike and have like some really shitty guy riding it and they just hit it in the back of one of the cabinets and yeah that's pretty amazing good. that was and that's also they've done like uh, all brand red maw yeah and stuff where there's a little all brand flake with like the symbol for the character that was amazing because they had, never come out with that model. they had it because like, they normally have the little forge world like name placard in front and this one was specifically instead of brand red maw was all brand red maw and it was just literally a brand flake on a base yeah so it was a piece of cereal with like a decal on it <laughs> Because they're awesome, and having yep. your like studio open day on April first is fucking classic. Yeah, I, I do really appreciate. Which still pisses off people because people actually want Brand Red Maw as a model. Like people are excited about yeah, that. They, and they, that start, like a, they did a teaser for him <laughs> once and showed off a little like and he little super cropped in detail shots, and then they were like, you know what, this model didn't turn out so great. We're just not going to release it. Yeah, but so they'd already teased it. So yeah. Yeah, well, and but you never know because you look at a company like ThinkGeek and they had the Tauntaun sleeping bag on April Fools, <laughs> and then eventually it was released as a real product because everyone wanted that sleeping bag. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's absolutely the most brilliant piece of marketing ever. Like, it, it's perfect. I don't know. I think the <laughs> most brilliant piece of marketing ever is the current Deadpool campaign. Where I don't know if I know that one. They've got pictures you, of Ryan Reynolds. All it, it basically looks like the Notebook. Yeah, it's like a fake, like, romantic movie and stuff, because it comes out on February 14th. And oh, so really? They're doing, so they're doing, like, fake billboards and stuff for making it, like, a romantic movie, like, Bring Your Girlfriend or whatever. With a tag it's lo- pretty awesome. Because it's Ryan Reynolds looking like Ryan Reynolds, the female lead who I don't know. It's Marina Baccarin. Okay. Oh, really? And so they're side by side with that kind of sunsetty background, and it's like only their love can overcome his cancer or something like that at the bottom. So it's like really pandering to be a romantic comedy, and then they're going to both roll in, and it obviously, at least one of the two people I hope is going to know that it's Deadpool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like get what's going on. That's pretty awesome. And like just totally punk their partner with that. That's pretty good. I think Ryan Reynolds, like, posted it to Facebook or social media or whatever, and with the caption, pretty much like, yeah, I'm going to hell for this. <laughs> like, this is this is going to bite me in the ass someday. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for that movie. That's the best marketing campaign ever. Yeah, that is pretty good. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, it's probably better than, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so rambling aside, let's move on into the first period then, which is going to be talking about some of the different software that you have access to for helping you make army lists. Software, something near and dear to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't make you sound lonely at all, man. You're good. <laughs> yeah, it's what I do for a living. So oh, man. I'm interested in this Read stuff. that to me in binary. <laughs> hey, thought about starting a Necron army for that exact reason. They're robots. I like robots. <laughs> okay? Just say it. Oh, That's, man. Uh, There's... Don't. Don't talk. <laughs> we, we already know where you went. Don't Moving on. Uh, okay, sort of so why don't, we, robot why don't we just start talking about some of the different uh, software that there is out there. So I know for War Machine, uh, the Private Press actually makes a product called War Room, mm-hmm. which has been notoriously shitty, but it is getting better with each iteration that comes out. I kind of hate it. So I, I actually have it. There was a period of time where I was remotely interested in War Machine, and I bought it, bought my faction. It took me about an hour to figure out how the fuck it works. Like... It's very weird, and the way they do things, it doesn't seem like a normal uh, app. Like, they tried to make it too, um, well, I guess visually interesting instead of functional. So a lot of, like, the the buttons that you normally would need to use just are not intuitively where they are. Yeah, although that being said, it is getting better. Like, I don't know the last time you used it, but it's Probably about three months ago. Four months Uh, ago. Because it has gone through a few iterations where the very first one was, like, the worst thing ever. It's bad. But it is getting better. Okay, that's good. 
I I hope I sincerely hope that it is. Uh, yeah, I had I'm not not knocking. I'm sure it's getting better, but for somebody who's just starting to get into it, I thought, oh, this is great. And then it's like, what the hell's going on? How come I'm, what am I supposed, what? And I think half the reason why it gets itself into trouble in some ways is because it's not just an army list building app. Like you can actually use it to track your in-game damage and spell effects and stuff too. But you're doing so much all at once that it might be just making things harder to figure out. One of the biggest problems uh, going forward for a long time is that, yes, yes, I'll take another beer, Steve. Uh, is that it actually replaced a another fan-made piece of software um, that was amazing. And the fan-made oh. stuff, open-source community kind of things, are usually better. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing about it, though, is what they do is you pay for your faction, or you can pay for all the factions, or all the yep. War Machine, or all the whores. And last I checked, it was about 7 bucks a faction, or... 60 or 70 bucks for everything. Yeah. And every time they release a new model, even before the model's released, the rules are up in War Room. So you haven't you can start building your list it's, with them. And it's instant update. You don't have to go and buy something if you've already bought it. Exactly. Now, so spend, that I give a high kudos. So for if us. you give if you spend 60 bucks, you get every update till the end of time. Until Mark 3, yeah. Until, really? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, so it's almost change. like a subscription model for the rules for the game. It's interesting. But right. the nice thing about Private Press is that they're not really rushing new editions. So I don't imagine we're going to see a Mark III for a few more years. And Worm's been out for a few years now. So you're looking at 60 bucks gets you every rule for probably about a five-year span at least. So the thing that I had a problem with uh, is it, it's really the only... I, I Of the big two sort of main games, I guess, right now, are companies, Games Workshop and uh, Private Press. Games Workshop doesn't really do anything like that. Um, not true. They do with their some of their special edition codices or the digital versions. Like also, the not true. Had one. Uh, Age of Sigmar has one. Really? Yeah. Produced by GW. Yes. Have you tried well, it? Huh? Age, yes. of Sigmar, Age of Sigmar also doesn't have points. Remember. Right. So it's not really an army builder, as much but as it's stat tracker. The but you the can app you can has the battle sell. scrolls in it. Okay. And I believe some of it. I believe some of it now is like paid content as well, but a lot of it is just in the app for like free basic structures. Interesting. For your army. I had no idea. I gotta get that. Yeah. So you yeah. can get it for free, and all your Skaven stuff, short of the newest releases, will be in there for free. Uh, same with as my orcs, wood elves, and ogres, and you're able to select which units are in your force, and they'll have all of the rules for them built in. So when you're playing your game, it's a quick. It's more like a quick reference. I like that. More than an army builder, because again, Age of Sigmar doesn't really have the whole army builder. Because you're playing with wounds, right? Like if you're playing the original version, like not even. Well, if the the original version is you play with no restrictions. The original was like it was like approximate size. Like if you remember, it was like if you're more than thirty percent more wounds than your opponent, you get different wind conditions. Yes, yeah, that was. So you're playing to approximate wound totals. Yeah, no, I I didn't know that, but it doesn't track. Yeah, because there's no rules, it's easy to make the app. So what I was kind of <laughs> talking about, though, is of the, the two companies, I didn't know that uh, Age of Sigmar had a sort of a, a, a component. Well, no one plays it anyways, so, like, really, Let's, doesn't uh, Skip it. Um, <laughs> the old, so you remember the old, there was GW had a CD-ROM you could get. Yeah, Army but it was made by a different Builder. company. It's made by a different company, you could get that. That actual program was decent. Except for all the errors in it. It had a few errors in it, but not a, not a ton <laughs> compared to some of the other stuff out there, uh, even now. But it was fairly decent. And what I was going to say is that was, what, 10 years ago? That piece of software? Yeah. I feel like that was very similar to the War Room app. 
that I used. The graphical experience, the lack of into, uh, intuitive sort of use, that was what I got out of War Room app, which was really disappointing. Oh, yeah. It's not a great app. And I don't think there's a single War Machine player on the planet that'll tell you it's a good app. Okay. Cool. But for the cost associated with it uh, and for the fact that it does contain a lot of rules, okay. I think the one advantage of the War, of the War Room app is not necessarily army creation, but a catalog of rules. Yeah. Because you pay for your cards, and you can draw, you can, like, click on that entry, and they'll get all the rules for it. So you don't have to have your cards or rules on you at all times. You just have to have your phone. So if you're ever wondering about something that one of your units does, you can double-check it on the fly. And there's even a built-in reference for any, basically any of the special rules in the game. There is a reference built into the app to actually go back and check it's, those. It's like the iPad codexes from Games Workshop where you click on the special rule and it pops up kind of a thing and yeah. tells you what the rule does. Yeah. yeah. So it has a lot of functionality. Specifically, I'm at a point now where I've used it enough where I'm actually quite comfortable with the army creation part of it. It might not be that intuitive, but it's functional. Gotcha. But it's all the peripheral aspects of it that does make it useful. Mind you, using it for a game is bullshit. Really? <laughs> Well, like you can't use it to actually track wounds. Oh, you can. It's just not. It's just my crash. Oh, and then you don't know where you are. Yeah, if it crashes, you lose your game state. If your phone dies in a tournament, you can't use it anymore. Is it still a battery hog like it used to be? It's not too bad. Especially not with modern phones, right? True. Back when you were dealing with like an iPhone 4 or Galaxy S2. Because I remember Nathan used to always say like it would just devour the battery life on his phone. Yeah, but like you set your the the problem is That's if if so you've got graphics. your yeah so many graphics, but if you have your backlighting on full and it's always open, it's going to be a battery hog because your phone is just. So I wouldn't be surprised if it actually rendered on like a frame loop, like an actual game, because there's so many animations and that kind of thing in it. It's not like normal sort of iPhone app where you would have. Uh, inbuilt transitions that are all optimized for that particular platform. Yeah. I think this is actually using some sort of like foam gap animation engine, which I think is part of the reason why it doesn't feel right, and also probably is a battery hog. Yeah. Um, but moving on to, I think, I'm going to leave my favorite for last, and I'm going to talk about uh, Battlescribe. Uh, Battlescribe, I think, has the advantage here, even over the War Room app, because it's free. You can pick it up, you can use it to build a list. I still think having the actual rules and codex and a printed army list for a tournament is the way to go. I don't like them on the phone where you gotta scroll through and you gotta see somebody's phone and then it locks on you and you, you can't write anything on it. No, no, I think you're missing the point though. It's not for tournaments. Yeah. But that's it's, what I'm saying. I've got a full reference for my mercenaries at any given moment on me. But that's what I was gonna say. With Battlescribe, at least for what I primarily use it for, which is which is 40k, the rules are there. They're community-created, and this is, I guess, for anybody that hasn't used Battlescribe before, it's actually uh, a program that is not for building 40k lists. <laughs> the problem is, is you can download community-built uh, list files that allow you to have access to certain codices and that kind of thing. Yep. And each one of those uh, usually has the rules. When you click the little eyeball at the top, it'll give you a view of the roster and also a summary of all the rules. And it's usually very accurate. However... There are glaring omissions. I did notice the word usually in your description there. Yes. <laughs> uh, like for the guard, uh, you don't get your orders uh, listed there for some reason. With, uh, you know, Necrons, you get your reanimation protocols. Guard, you don't get your orders. For some reason, that's just 
not included. So you don't get the full breadth of rules that you get with uh, Privateer Press's app. And there's a reason why, though. It's because it is publicly driven. It's yeah. like they just say, here's our program. This is what it can do. And the community builds the builder yeah. Yeah. for it. And that, and what for I like me, about- is one of the biggest issues with it. Is the lack of quality control? The lack of quality control, and it's a gr- it is a great piece of software, but yes. you never know if yeah. and when you're getting a specific codex or army book or even rule set yeah. that will be supported um, in Battlescribe. No, and that's entirely true, and that's 100% fair, and I think that is a very good criticism of it, but again, the offset for that is when you're trying to you know come up with a quick list, figure out something, try a few ideas... It's free. You get a little ad at the bottom. If you want the ad to go away, you pay two ninety nine or something. Like and that. then you get like a dice rolling feature or something. You get a dice that's rolling feature. Kind of sucks. See, for me, it's just I. If, that's what it is. If I'm someplace and I don't have my books with me and I want to build a list, this is what I do it on. I don't actually yep. use it at a tournament for that. But this is this particular program is for. Hey, I wonder if this will work or how much this is going to cost me or if I can fit this into my yeah. list. This is what this program is ideal for. In my can opinion. I run six Riptides on a Wraith Night? <laughs> You'll find out really quick. Yeah, like, wow, yeah. You know, ridiculous stuff like that. I can't believe uh, you said that. And then you try and figure out how much that's actually going to cost you to make that army and then you realize it's a terrible idea. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but for me, this uh, battle scribe is... This is what I'm going to do. This is my idea. Is it going to work? Yes. Okay, great. Now when you get home, you can... Do it on something else, or write it up on a different way, and then take that to the tournament. So it's like a sketch pad rather yes, than it's like, like an more oil of a sketch pad canvas. for me. Yes. Yep. And what I love about I it though is is that sketch pad sort of thing. It's so easy to add units, select war gear, swap things around. It is so user friendly. Yeah. Like you, you just literally click the unit that you want. I think if they transferred it to a computer, like a web interface type thing you would lose all of the, like, it would just not work. And I have actually thought about, I wish this was on a web browser so I could access it at work, at lunch, or whenever I have a moment to try a list. It wouldn't work there. It's perfect for a a touch device, which is is what I love. I think it's an amazing piece of software. We should mention also that Battlescribe is not limited to War Machine or 40K. Yeah. The other wonderful thing about it is it works for... Anybody who made the software yep. for any game that they loved, you can probably get. There's probably, God forgive me, a Battletech builder for Battlescribe. Somewhere on the depths the, of the internet, I'm yes. sure. Okay, but yeah. I'm just saying. Some horrible subreddit. It is that versatile <laughs> that there's probably, if you play the game, there's actually yeah. probably something that's done something for it and you can use it. Probably. Yes. Not always. Now, the one yeah. thing I will say is if you if you are playing against somebody that has a Battlescribe list or something printed from that, because you can't export it to PDF. Uh, Be careful. Yeah, because you <laughs> can actually... Well, there's not only that. You can actually go in and edit your own oh, data files. Do you? So what. you can create your own army, change the rules. Change points cost. Change points cost. So I would highly, highly recommend that uh, if you're playing against somebody that has a Battlescribe list, you should... <laughs> You should demand that they have the codex there and look up rules in the codex, which is, I know, kind of shitty, but unfortunately that's kind of, you know, just the way it is with Battlescribe. I feel like this is this is one of those other issues, though. If, you, if you're playing someone that you're worried about them cheating with their army list, yeah, it's another <laughs> like, I feel like there's a bigger issue at hand here. Yeah, I'm just saying, don't bring that list to a tournament because there is, you know, things out of date. You should do your list for anything competitive, probably in Excel, with the points values out of the... You know your codices or whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, again, you're totally right. Like, if you're worried about that, there's probably bigger issues than the fact that they use Battlescribe. 
(laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But moving on to the one that I think is actually the best. There's tons of other ones out there, but my favorite out there by far is the Infinity Army Builder. It's yeah no I, I won't lay it. it that one is really nice it tells you exactly what you can do it is run by Corvus Belly yep they they put it out there it's and it does everything it's supposed to do it felt like a, the version of War Room for free but better and web based so you could do you could access it anywhere sure uh, it has a few issues oh. with some mobile resizing things and you like flip your phone to the landscape versus the real question okay. is will it work on Internet Explorer 6 no I can guarantee you it won't I can promise you that uh, so the enterprise crowd may not approve no if you're still stuck at the government of Alberta <laughs> using IE6 hey they, they forced Internet Explorer 11 more recently because there's no support <laughs> for older versions anymore that's good really but it only exploded like half my workflow <laughs> wow I've been out of there for about a year and they're already becoming advanced <laughs> Yeah, when I whenever yeah, Tom, you were the backup. <laughs> whenever I hit save as from a Word document in SharePoint, it crashes Word. Good thing I don't need to save documents all day. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! <laughs> I'm so uh, happy I'm free. So, my point about this originally is it has the graphics of War Room. It's got that same sort of feel of uh, Infinity. Like you, you scroll through the holograph, uh, all of it's at the top. You pick your particular squads. It tells you your special weapon costs. If you click on the unit, it'll give you all their uh, special rules. Yep. Um, it doesn't break it down to the exact like hacking types and that kind of thing. No, no, it doesn't. You still have you to still pick need, that. Yeah. But there's uh, and you do have to watch out because you can make mistakes. It'll let you. It'll tell you you've done an illegal list, but it'll let you make the illegal list. Yeah, it just gives you an X at the bottom <laughs> that says it's not tournament system friendly. Well, and yeah. and honestly, uh, Battlescribe is the same thing. Yeah, it just yeah. gives you a, a you it know, just yeah a red. So it's not a horrible thing, but it, you you got to be careful and you check to make sure that you didn't do any yep. errors after that. But it's really good as an it lets you do uh, basic, and then it lets you go into sectorial as well. And then yeah. as soon as you pick the sectorial, it takes away all the things you weren't allowed to do anymore, and only gives you what you can yeah. do. So that helps a lot as well. And for building, is one of the only thing that I don't like about it is that a lot of the times it just has the symbol <laughs> for that yeah. type of soldier. And if you are not super. Yeah, you're trying to figure Good out... Good on recognizing <laughs> symbols. You go be fucked up for a while. I won't lie to you. It's like, what the hell is that again? What is he symbol? No, I looked at that symbol. No, that's not the symbol for this That's guy. one of those cases of it's too pretty and it loses functionality. When yeah. I was looking for interventors, I was like, where the fuck are these guys scrolling yeah. through 60 different little symbols at the top? Yeah, that's the only Clicking thing... Clicking on each one, trying to figure out what it is. That's the only thing I'll honestly say it's a drawback. Otherwise, it's a very beautiful system to use. Yeah. And this is where I'm leading into my favorite, okay. which is the drop zone one. And the reason I like this is because it's very close to the Infinity one, but it actually shows a picture of the miniature, and you drag it, and you drop it into your I've list. never used it. That's your... Because you don't dumb play Dumbass, it, you and you don't play it, yeah. I do play. I just... I've yeah, always done no, mine no. from the army book. And but, dead and dude, by. you've had the same half-painted drop zone army in the exact same configuration at the bottom of that cabinet for well over a year. But I've played with it a few, more than a few times. Uh, but I, I, I was going to say I use Battlescribe for uh, Stop drop zones. Use, use the Java-based one on your computer because when you're done, you hit print, and it gives you your list, and it tells you, breaks down your everything for you. It's all there. You don't okay. have to do nothing. You, and this list is legal. You take it to the tournament. It's done. It's even got a little background uh, symbol on the back so you know it's from that system. Well, that's pretty cool, like a little watermark type yeah. thing. Nice. I like that. So, I guess last but not least, um, there, 
With Malifaux, there's a couple apps you can get. The one that I have is called The Breach. And there's questions as to whether or not it's going to continue moving forward. Uh, is it company run or fan run? Fan run. Okay, yeah, so, so there, some developer is yeah, tired. But it's basically the same thing. Um, it's pretty easy to use. The one nice thing about it is it actually has a, a scheme and strat and deployment randomizer built in. So mm. instead of flipping cards in the end of every game, you can just go, oh, I'm going to... Pause. Uh, schemes and strategies. <laughs> Good podcasting. There you know, but like, scheme strategy, it gives you one right there. It's like, oh, generate. And it's just everything you need right there. Nice. Oh, and it actually looks like it's got some graphics to it, too. It doesn't look like it's just boring. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty simple, but it, it's yeah. it's aesthetically pleasing enough. Mm-hmm. It looks Malifaux-ish, I guess was what I was going with that. <laughs> yeah. So, and it works. Uh, the one issue I have with it is that when you are selecting a model, go to a, a drag-down menu, or drop-down menu, and then once you're done selecting, it automatically resets you to the top Oh, so it's just for the a next one? HTML select input. That's yeah. the way they default yeah, behave. That's terrible. Which is so unfortunate when you're going through alphabetically and selecting models, and then you have to keep going scrolling all the way down again and again. Yeah. Uh, so it's not the easiest thing in the world, but in all honesty, with a game like Malifaux, you can really just kind of create your crew on the fly, because you're adding up, up to a total of 50 points. You can yeah. count to 50, eh? Just count to 50. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but it's great to just kind of have in your pocket if you're. I'm wondering if this fits in the list, and I think we can really kind of take the step back. And most of these programs are just really good for that for spitballing, kind of figuring out what yep. you need for a list. Yeah, exactly. Totally. And it doesn't really take away from that going and approaching, um, sitting down, constructing your list, looking at all your rules in person with your codices or cards or whatever the fuck you have, whatever game you're playing. Yep. But they're just a great tool for on-the-fly nerdage. Yep, I agree. I sit in front of the TV all the time with Battlescribe open, playing with lists, because I'm weird, and I find that fun. <laughs> and the old way of doing it with pen and paper and erase and shit, it just sucks. You, <laughs> it's so much better. Yeah. So I got a totally ridiculous hypothetical question. Yep. If uh, all the apps except for one exploded, you had to pick one, what would you go with? That's a no-brainer, because only one does all the games. Battlescribe? Except for War Machine, oddly enough. There's no files for it. Yeah, because they got War Room. That's because you got your War Room. Yeah. So it's... no fan is willing to put in that effort to duplicate something that already exists? Yeah. Yes, and it's, it, I'm assuming it would be a lot of work, because there's a lot of different... Especially if you started getting into, like, tier lists and all the other stuff. Special rules, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. To me, that's just, like... There's a lot of content there. No. Yeah... Yeah. So I would be Battlescribe as well? Yeah, Battlescribe for me as well. Dan? That's only if I had one, though, but it's not going to happen. I would do Smurfy's Mech Lab for MechWarrior Online. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Moving on. Wow. (laughs) That was truly a devastating conversation. (laughs) You knew it was coming. Wow. You've never used it before, have you? You just found it. Smurfy's Mech Lab? Oh, I play MechWarrior Online, and it is, like, necessary because building mechs is not. It's, it's easy to build a horrible mech or one that doesn't work properly. You're enabling him, Steve. Shut up! And I had no game, idea this was going to happen. And this game has so much information in it that oh, is God not readily it. available from PGI because their website is horrible. I'm not surprised that their website is Oh, horrible. my God. But yeah, okay. Smurfy's Mech Lab, if you play MechWarrior Online, you probably already know about it because it's awesome. I'm sorry, guys. I yeah, this one's on you, Steve. You asked. It's totally on you. You guys asked? What the fuck? You <laughs> asked and I answered. It's not my day. It's not my day. Okay, <laughs> we need to move on. Next okay, period. so... 
Uh, I guess I'm probably the only one that really gives a fuck about this, but the new Gaining Grounds from um, Weird well, has dropped. I'm kind of excited. I just honestly haven't had time to look at it or do anything. Yes. I'll interject. It's only been out for a little while, right? Is it true, though? Like the, the official official. For 2016, dropped about a week ago. Okay. Only a little while ago. That's what I'm going with. Okay, go. Yeah, no, so basically, I think we might have talked about last year how um, Malifaux, for their organized play format for Gaining Grounds, released five new strats. Okay. So for those that are completely new to Malifaux, strats are your primary objective and schemes are your secondary objectives. So for the game, you'll have the one primary, and then you'll flip cards for a pool of five secondaries that you and your opponent each individually choose two from. Yeah. So... What they've done, in the first year they introduced new schemes, or new strats, sorry, on top of the ones in the book, and now they've kept the new strats the same for 2016, but they've introduced a whole brand new pool of schemes. Okay. Now, uh, the schemes are going to be, what, there's thir- uh, 13 cards plus doubles and jokers? Yes. And <laughs> then you're going to get, so that's going to be 15, uh, it's 19 after face cards. So they introduced 19 new schemes to the game. Okay, that's actually quite a bit. So these are effectively secondary win conditions. Yeah. Uh, a few of them are the same or just kind of brief uh, modifications, but there are some brand new ones so as well. So do they just modify them to make gameplay better or yeah. smooth some things around? So the general overarching theme behind what they've done this year is that there were a few schemes last year that you could either kind of get a one-shot or um, it was all just kind of scored at the end of the game. Mm. And a few of those still exist, but most of the schemes they've modified more towards being uh, something that you're going to be scoring on each and every turn. Yeah, progressive scoring. So you're actually more engaged in every turn that you're playing. Yeah. So the the, the default strat or scheme used to be line in the sand. So at the end of the game, if you had four scheme markers within or on the center line, you'd score three points. If you announce a scheme and had at least two, you'd score one point. Gotcha. Now, the one that they have, I can't remember what it's called, but it's you need to have three scheme markers within uh, four inches of the center line. At the end of the game? At the end of each turn after the first, and you'll score a point, as long as there's not an enemy model within two or four inches of them. I can't remember which. So is it a winner-take-all secondary? So like what I'm talking about is if you score... So you can have three scheme markers within an... Because it's the whole center line, right? Yeah. So if you have three within four inches of the center line, and I have three within four inches of the center line, we each, uh, get we a each point. would score a point, so long as neither one of us has a model within And X then distance. at the end of the game, is it just whoever scored the most points kind of thing? Yeah, but your schemes are each capped at three, and your strats are capped at four. So it's a total Got of ten okay. points for every game that you play. I'm just trying to compare this in my head to some of the progressive sort of uh, ITC Maelstrom type stuff, because at the end of the, the game for that, we keep track, so we would each score the point, but at the end of the game, if it was 10-9, I would get the secondary for its total value of 4. So it's a little different. It's a winner-take-all secondary progressive scoring. So I, Whereas I, this is just yeah. uh, winner has the most points, I, which makes and then a lot you deal with the differential. So your first tiebreaker yeah. is total points you'd score in a tournament, and the second tiebreaker is your differential. And it's capped, so it's, it's a lot different. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Between 0 and 10, that's yeah. where your score is. Yeah, gotcha. Um... There's some other really neat stuff, too. Like, they used to have one called Assassinate, which was if you kill your opponent's master. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's... I can't remember what it's called. Uh, again... There's the, a theme here. <laughs> this is the one that me and Mike played. I think we had that scheme. You assassinated the shit out of Masaki. I, 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 I'm sorry. I was, yeah. I was <laughs> in that game. The I'm really sorry. interesting thing is now they've got it. You get two points 
um, the first time your enemy master is removed from play. Now, there's some masters in the game, like Leviticus. I was going to say, they can come back from the dead. Yeah, where he, <laughs> his whole shtick uh, with Leviticus is that at the end of his activation, uh, he shoots himself in the head, disappears from the board, uh, summons a new waif, uh, who then he can come back from where that waif was at the end of the turn. So ah. he, it's kind of a fucked up mechanic, but so he doesn't get fucked up by assassinating himself. Well, now so it used to be really hard to kill him before, because there was three mm. waves on the board, and you had to kill all the waves before you could kill Leviticus. Okay, so gotcha. it's almost impossible. So if you drew that strat, it was you're not you'd never take it. Whereas now, first time he shoots himself in the head to disappear and he reheal all his wounds. You get the oh, yeah, because he removes all conditions and heals fully every time he does this. Okay, yeah, that's ridiculous. So they have now. To have now some sort the, of the first time he does yeah. that, you're going to score two points against him, which isn't the end of the world because it's a secondary. Exactly. Yeah, and, and it's, it's one a of those really powerful too. ability. It's <clears throat> worth trading those points for sure. Gotcha. And in Malifaux, if that's in your scheme pool, don't take Leviticus because you pick your crew after you yeah, after you yes. find out your schemes and strats. Yeah. So if you're that worried, maybe you should have more than one master. That makes sense. Right, and that's not that big of a deal <clears throat> considering you're going to have what at most twenty models. Um, when I go full faction, I'll have like fifty models. Okay, yeah, but that and that's, that's like full faction for with, a game with gremlins for a game, a general just run of the mill game. You can get away with having twenty models in your case. I'm assuming. Yes, yes, you can. No problem. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's so going to be two fine. masters with yeah. extra bits or three masters yeah, with fine. very little other variety. So Tons. it's not an issue. No. Um, now, a couple other things, because we could go into detail for the schemes and strats, or the, the oh, schemes please do, because I would understand all of that. But we won't. Um, <laughs> the nice thing that I... I really like that they're putting the effort in to mix up the game. So it's keeping it fresh, yeah. and the new schemes are really changing how you have to approach playing the game. Yes. Because they're putting the focus more on each and every turn, instead of just that last turn point grab. I can relate to that 100%. Uh, not with... Obviously Malifaux, but ITC changed the way that they weighted the secondaries for the progressive scoring. Yeah, okay. As to primary and secondary now, I know it's not really... this. They're both worth four points. They're not really a primary and secondary anymore. It's just uh, end-of-game objective and then the progressive scoring objectives. Right. And it makes it a huge difference because now it isn't just simply kill everything and then sit on objectives. Like, you need to specifically play for those progressives. It makes a huge difference now, in the way you pick an army. With, think of it this way. Imagine if 40k was eight points of progressives. Yeah, be very different. You wouldn't see the Alpha Strike armies. You'd see a lot more mobility, which is basically where Malifaux is right yeah. now. Because all of yeah. the all every single one of the strats are progressive. Yeah, it's all per turn. There is no at the end of the game strat. I like that. See, I really like that. I think that's good for a game uh, from a, from a, a pure rules design perspective. That's that's a good way to go to keep the <clears> game <throat> dynamic. Yeah. Um, I mean, depending on what you have for your game, again. Malifaux lends itself well to that because there's a lot of hand-to-hand combat. Their shooting is an important part of the game in my limited understanding, but it's it's sort of a fantasy game. you got to have hand-to-hand combat. There's going to be more movement, whereas 40K has tank lines that sit there and are static in the fluff. Uh, it, yeah. it depends. I'm, I'm digressing. It 100% depends. There's, yeah. there's so much going on in Malifaux that it's hard to condense it down to something that but simple. I feel, what I'm trying to say is their, their background, you can have more dynamic movement. Well, no, I, not even background. It's a skirmish game. It's yeah. going to be more dynamic. Exactly. I guess, yeah, that's like, what I'm trying to get at. Any setting aside, it's a skirmish game with between, like, 6 and 12 models. Yep. Everything's going to matter more. Yep. Yep. Um, now, I do want to point out one of my favorite things about it 
is not just that they've really modified the Gaining Grounds format, they've also introduced a couple brand new organized play formats. Okay. Go on. Yeah, I have no idea what this means. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, because kind of like how War Machines had their Steamroller and their Hardcore and the Iron Gauntlet, um, yeah. Malifaux has their, their Gaining Grounds is their standard tournament format. Um, last year they they had the Henchman Hardcore, which is the four models, just Turf War and Assassinate. Um, and it's, it has to be four models, no summoning, no more, no less. And, and go. no Masters whatsoever. Just, no, literally just hen- a Henchman and three other models. Uh, you've got 30 minutes, go. I like so that. it's a really quick format. There's the Enforcer Brawl, which is basically like everyone takes an Enforcer model and we play a Mega Battle. And the neat thing about that format is that you get points for killing models, you lose points for dying, but you keep coming back every turn, and it's just whatever your final total is, it's whoever wins. But how do you get rid of the kid that showed up to the Mega Battle and you don't like him, and you can't just kill off his unit? Because you just keep killing him off every time and scoring more points. Fine, I guess. Because every time they die, or every time you damage... <laughs> Sorry, that was an XGW staffer. Yeah, three of us yeah, here no, yeah, I know, I, I get it. You just keep punching him until he goes away and cries. <laughs> um, so that one came back again. There's another format for doubles play. Okay. Uh, which is really neat, where... That's something I'm enjoying more and more, actually, is doubles games. Uh, and the neat thing about it, too, is that both players don't have to play the same faction, but one player gets a master, and one player has to play with a henchman. Okay, interesting. Because henchmen can lead crews. Interesting. Uh, so, now, again, limited experience. Wouldn't the person playing the, the master have quite an advantage? Generally, well, no, it's per much team. Much better, right? It's per team. Yeah, but, I mean, you kind of would be taking a back seat as to the other person on your team. Can't always be Not Batman. Miss- Sometimes you got to be wrong. Yeah, no, to be fair, I think that's probably the best point for it. Okay. But a lot of henchmen are still really good. They have the one fewer AP, but... To make up for uh, the lack of AP, henchmen do have a greater soulstone cache. Yes. <laughs> so it think of it like uh, focus for War Machine, okay. but it's per game, and they do even more important things. Okay. So you you can get diff- all kinds of different buffs, prevent damage, whatever you want uh, to burn with soulstone. So the henchmen get more of those. They're more of a supporting character. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then the other really neat one is they've got this, um, I can't, again, punchline, can't remember exactly what it's called, but the format is 25 points, uh, it's led by a henchman, and then you take the rest of your crew, has to be from a different faction than your henchman, so it's this, like, weird, loose... This is the, loose ally the, kind the of boss uh, format for uh, War Machine. It's kind of, but you take yeah. it ahead of time. And it's your henchman Weird. is from any faction, and your, your, the rest of your crew is from a different faction. And it can be any, any, faction. any faction. The only stipulation or. is that they cannot uh, have dual faction models that could potentially overlap. So I couldn't take Brewmaster with Ten Thunders. Or I couldn't take... Uh, Mayfang they must be completely with different and not... Yeah. Gotcha, okay. Absolutely. So I could take... Uh, <sighs> I don't know, Seamus, with a bunch of gremlins. That's really weird. Um, And I think whether or not these formats are going to turn out to be any good, I'm looking forward to playing them. The Mega Battle one, I feel, is odd for tournament play. It's not... It's like... Okay, look at it this way. You're at a con... Yeah, they call it organized play, which is, I think, a nice way of getting out it's of... It's a catch-all phrase, right? Like, it's yeah. not just tournaments. Yeah. No. So, on a, on a Friday night before a tournament, we're going to do a Henchman Hardcore. Or we're going to do an Enforcer Brawl. We'll talk about that soon. Yeah, right before a tournament. 
Yeah, so that's where those kind of come into their own. And I also like Dan's comment quite a bit. Make it into a drinking game, yeah. Oh my god, it's so easy because the points are right there. They're built right in. When you die, take a shot. When you kill a model, take a shot. Done. Or well, no, it's, each, it's each drink, right? Yeah. So instead of gaining points, you're dishing. Instead of losing points, you're taking. Yeah, I like it. Uh, okay, we have to do this. <laughs> I don't know how to play it, so I feel like I will just get drunk. <laughs> Everyone gets drunk, Steve. This is how we win. Good. So it's like Bugman's. Yeah, exactly. Okay, gotcha. Um, but they're going out of their way to introduce different ways to play their game outside of just like one standardized format. And That's they're really specifically good. putting in different point sizes for the different formats to get people away from well, this like say, one listing style game. It sounds game. like you can now play in organized play as a beginner. You don't have to have the, which is one of the drawbacks to 40K, is you want to start playing tournaments, 1850. Whereas there's a lot of other systems, X-Wing. Excellent. You pick up a cup, two expansion kits, you're good to go. So their tournament play is yep. not that yep. hard to get into. You probably wouldn't win, but you could pick up 50 bucks worth of models and play in a tournament. Yeah, easily. Yeah, not you need to spend the $400 to get all the right cards, but you can still play <laughs> the game yeah. with your three or four models. But you can get in as a beginner. The, again, you're right. The level of play, you're going to probably not do well, but with with what Weird is doing where they have the t- you know two models... Or one model if you want to play doubles and have somebody help you out sort of go through some of these things. Uh, that's a really good way to get into that scene. Uh, I think that's a huge benefit. Well, and what we did is we actually ran, uh, and by we, I mean Jordan, our, our henchman yeah. locally, ran a day that instead of a tournament, we had a henchman hardcore for a few rounds and uh, two rounds of Enforcer Brawl. Okay, and was it fun? That's all that matters. Oh, it was amazing. It was so much fun. That's awesome. You're just giggling the whole time, because it's something different. Yeah. And I think for me, I get really bored playing the same format, the same scenarios all the time. Yeah, well, the games that we play are so random, and there's so many elements of... You can only mitigate your skill so much that having the different sort of formats makes it nice just to break up. Like, you've been having a bad... You've been going to all the normal tournament events. You've been having a bad string of things. You play something completely different. Doesn't matter. You're still playing the same game, some of the models that you like, but it's just a breath of fresh air. Well, even if you're not yeah. on the losing side, even if you're on the winning side. Yeah. Like if you're just, every time you sit up, you sit down to a 50-point Soulstone, or a 50 Soulstone game, you, can you know there's like yourself. a 95% chance you're going to win that game. You can challenge yourself with something boring. different. Challenge yourself with something you haven't done before. And the the neat thing here is it also has the format, too, where if you've got multiple factions, now you can take those models together. It's really encouraging playing with toys. Yeah. I like For that. For the sake of playing with toys. That sounds horrible. Well, they're not they're not mechs, so obviously it's not as good as it Don't could be. <laughs> what the hell? I'm going to digress to something uh, uh, that we were talking about actually on Saturday night with Paul Ting about... He's really enjoying Age of Sigmar because he takes his toys, whatever he wants, because it's Age of Sigmar and there are no rules, and you just play with them. Like, the idea of having to have always this very structured, this is how we play the game, isn't entirely necessary. Like, you just take, bring some Sigmarines and some Skaven. You want to do that? Have fun. And one of the interesting things, you remember how scenery used to work back then? I don't know if they still do this for Games Workshop, where you keep deploying a piece until one person stops and the other You're person gets one to, more. Right? Generally in tournament play, you don't anymore. Um, playing Age of Sigmar like that. Yeah. You but keep dropping Sigmar- units until somebody calls quits and says, let's just play? Yeah. I think That's Age interesting. Of, I think Age Paul, of Sigmar actually I, does I was, do that. I was drunk at the time. <laughs> when I was talking Not to Paul. you, Tom. 
That night was silly. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Our server was the best. I don't really remember her. I went back a few days later with a friend, and she's like, You! All I can say is you don't want to party with the Poles. Actually, you do. It was a lot You do want to party with the Poles. They were amazing. They were amazing. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, he was talking about he was hoping to run that style of tournament with that, like, keep deploying units until someone calls quits. That would be awesome. Yeah. Because it's so liberating. And you bring what's in your case, and if somebody goes, I have three units because I'm new to the game. That's it, I'm out. Or the guy that has 300 and has got that epic style game, you know, like just ridiculous scale. You can do whatever you want at a turn. Like, that blows my mind, you know? Yeah, and we are digressing a bit, but I, I do feel, having gone over a lot of the Age of Sigmar rules... There isn't a bad unit anymore because point, units are only bad if they're not worth their points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's units that may not be worth their wounds. Where again, totally. But again, wounds is back, separate. Back to weird. The fact that there's multiple styles of let's call it tournament play, organized play, I think is awesome, and that's something that I don't really know of any other company really pushing. Privateer Press has it, but they don't have. As many officially... You only hear about the steamroller. Yeah. So, I think this is a good point to segue, because fucking LVO, we're going... By the time this airs, we'll be leaving by the end of the week. And I'm going for Malifaux, one of the things I'm most excited about is I'm playing three different formats. Yeah, that's really cool. (laughs) So I've got... brand new formats as well? uh, As far as I know, from what I've heard, it's going to be last year's formats. Okay. Because there's even one... If it's on top of what we're talking about. That's two weeks till the event. Yeah, that's kind of what I was asking, because it's Uh, so close to the But one of them is going to be in the Henchman Hardcore, which, this week in hobby... (laughs) Okay. So my Henchman Hardcore list is nothing but pigs. Okay. I I think you introduced this topic previously. Yes, you did. In another episode. I did? Okay. Um, Well, then that's fine. (laughs) Because I've played a few games. I love everything about this idea. Did you paint any new models for the pig list? Uh, I've got base coats on a bunch of, on a couple of them, and they're all, because I had to assemble a few, so that was some of the work, was getting the pigs ready to go. Okay. Um, but that's the Friday, it's gonna be quick and easy and light, and just a fun event, 30, ra- 30 minute rounds, is money. That's awesome. Uh, did I talk about them bursting out of the pig pen for the display board? Yeah. No, I, I, believe, I heard that before. Heard okay, that before. fair enough. Um, but then I got the gaining grounds, so you're like standardized play on the Saturday. Um, so that'll be just the tournament. And then the story encounters is something built into the rule book, which is an additional alternative w- way of playing with more thematic um, scenarios. That's awesome. With that are slightly more lopsided and a lot more interesting. So I get to play three different events, the same game, and it'll be a different experience every time. Hmm. Okay, this is something that the, the Radio Land cannot uh, see right now, but Mike just reposed my Wraith Lord thanks to the magic or Wraith Knight thanks to the magic of magnets, and it looks awesome. And I did not know that. <laughs> Leave it to the Japanese guy to repose the mech so it looks cool. Oh man, <laughs> that is way better than what I was doing. Anyways, thank you, Mike. You're Appreciate welcome, that. I'm here for you, buddy. Dude, how, That's how have you ever done. done? Have you ever done a Gundam model? No. That looks really fucking good. <laughs> Okay, really? Great, great podcasting, I know. Uh, it it is does all about look the good. jazz hands, though. It is the jazz hands, but he's just chopped someone's head the fuck off. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's going on? blown away. I am totally blown away. So, LVO, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And uh, I, I got all my tickets for the pub crawl. Good, me too. I'm excited. That's really the entire reason we go. Vegas, pub crawl with nerds. Yeah. After you've had... 
uh, two days of, of probably getting your shit pushed in at the 40k event, which is what I'm expecting to have happen to me. Not me! I'm going to be having fun yeah. flipping cards. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually really jealous that Ward is uh, is not here to talk about um, Drop Zone. Drop Zone. Uh, I guess I'm not jealous at all. I'm, I'm jealous that he's playing in the event, because that event is is going to be run by one of the uh, the rules designers. Yep. Sonic's um, going to be there, but... That's really cool. That's super rare that you're going to be able to actually sit down, play in a tournament, and potentially against... Uh, the guy that wrote the rules. Yeah. That's, like, insane. <laughs> Can you imagine if this was the year 2004 and we sat down and played against Jervis Johnson? That would have been pretty cool. Yeah. That would have been insane, right? I'm not like going to lie. Yeah. Yeah, but we all know, we all know that Games Workshop never did anything that cool. That's my point, is I'm, I'm actually kind of jealous that I'm not playing uh, in Drop Zone for that reason. Are you going to buy a thing, a starter set, if they're on sale like they were last time? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll Are be they, buying all of them. Although, that being said, our dollar is so shitty right now. It okay. would be like getting it at regular price. No, it would not, because that was, you bought a beer for two bucks, and I think if you threw in an extra three, you got a starter set. <laughs> so basically, like, paying regular price. <laughs> <It> might be. <laughs> time we get there, yeah. Yes, boss. We are on 1993 prices. Don't forget. Yes, that's that's true. Um, so you're you have you finished Displayboard? No, that's this week. Me too. I need to figure out how the fuck I'm going to get. Well, it down. to be fair, my, my Displayboard is only going to be like maybe six inches by eight inches. I have no idea how I'm going to get mine down on the luggage. I have a a, a a bag that has a plastic bottom that's only so wide. So I might have to do like some sort of puzzle fit together like snap apart with runes it's i i honestly don't know if i'm gonna bring one because of that so we'll see that may hurt your chances a little bit yeah yeah and i think if i don't bring a display board again last uh israel sanchez the guy that uh that has one painting i think for the last three years in a row um his display boards are as cool if not cooler than his army so i think what you need to do and we're gonna talk great podcasting as always yeah the way to do this is bring something simple that accents your army and call it a day. Because if you, you just yeah. nice and clean, I'd even recommend if you can get something with uh, with the beveled side instead of the handles. My plan was to do exactly what's on the Wraith Knight's base, just over a snap together area with beveled edge. Yeah. That's it. Just do some of the blue, some of the lava effects, and just the regular pumice gel and just call it a day because that's yeah. probably all I need. Yeah, just make sure it has the right pose, too. Gel. Yeah, and I will make sure that the Wraith Knight is posed exactly like this. Because <laughs> um, I, th- I think, I, w- I would imagine that uh, the judges won't won't take too much from the display base. I- I'd like to think that they'll look at the models being used, Yeah, and then the display base will just be icing on the cake. I think at the, at the level, because I... I I would be ecstatic if I made it into the top three. I'm not expecting to. There's 360 players. Uh, but I think at that top three level, especially with Israel stuff versus, um, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he had incredible freehand on his sisters. I'm thinking that the difference was probably the, the display board, actually. Yeah. Because they're they're at that level where both are incredible. Um, but they know people are traveling. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I, I Don't get me wrong. It'd be great for me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm super excited for the pub crawl. That's probably what I'm most looking forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to see... The thing that I like about these tournaments is you meet people year over year that keep coming back. 
that you only get to see at these events. It's like you you know these friends you see once a year for this particular party, and it's awesome. It's why I'm going to Lock and Load again to see the guys from Portland. Yep, there's there's a bunch of guys from uh, from San Diego. Uh, the guy that I absolutely crushed with his with his Necrons. Um, which was hilarious. I mean, there's one of those games that I you cannot imagine would ever go that way. Like, yeah. a particular wraith light running through or wraith lord running through an entire army by himself, and you're just like, I, I'm sorry, man, I don't know how this happens. And you're buying beers for the guy because you feel bad about how badly you're raping him with a model that sucks. <laughs> yeah, and then you go out drinking with him that night, and it's just a total blast. Whereas for me, I've never played Malifaux outside of Edmonton before. I'm just curious what the international community is like. Yeah, I want to know if the painting sticks up to the same level of what we have here. Uh, if a weird place, the Facebook page for it, is any indication? Yes. I, yes, I yes, hope yes. so. I like, hope so. I'm going down full-fledged. I will not win Best Presentation. You see, that's that's cool. I like that fact. Uh, I'm excited to see Infinity internationally, because I know Infinity here has uh, not taken off to the same level as Malifaux for the painting. Uh, and I think sci-fi games in general... Uh, don't do as well. Like, fantasy uh, historical modeling always has had that component of hobby and sort of that role-playing component, whereas I think a lot of the sci-fi gamers come from the video game world, so the hobby aspect is less. So what Maybe. I hear is, you think my guys suck in Infinity. You don't like the way they're painted. Yes. Wow, 100%. Steve. Holy shit. That was a hell of a leap, Mike. I don't know how you made it there. But you know what? I'll take that opportunity to put you down. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Pano is bullshit, and your Yujing is worse. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's a hate crime. That's only because you raped me so hard with your Yujing. I haven't played Infinity since. <laughs> oh, so it's my wow. fault. <laughs> haven't had time, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see Infinity. That's why I'm bringing down Infinity to to play uh, internationally. I really want to see what some of the Europeans bring. Yeah, and I guess this is the moment that will never be relevant, but if anyone listens to us that's not from Edmonton... There's and, a couple. There's a couple. And we'll be at the LVO. We'll be Ooh. wearing our Hobby Name Canada jerseys. Come find us. We'll be sweating because it's going to be hot, and we're not used to that. Well, no, it's going to be like 20 degrees. I was that's checking out the hot. forecast. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to wear shorts. <laughs> you can always tell the Canadians because everybody else is wearing jeans, and we're the guys that are like, this is tropical. It's like 20. <laughs> like, barely room temperature. We're like, sandals, shorts. Let's do this, bitches. <laughs> yeah, I had my hockey jersey on and a t-shirt and was sweating in the room. And people were, like, wearing sweaters and, like, suits. Some of the people that were running the event. And I was just like, I don't understand. <laughs> I almost died in Seattle at, at Lock and Load wearing the, the hoodie. That's the humidity, though. That'll get It you. was also June. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's going to be a blast. Um, we're also staying. One of the things that I'm most excited about is I'm not staying at Bally's or the Flamingo. Yeah, we're, we're, apparently the Cosmo's a decent hotel. It's a really nice hotel, and it wasn't that much more expensive. So the last two years that I was there, I, I slummed it in uh, a discount Bally's room. And then the Flamingo Hotel is not great. Nothing about the event for the, the hall itself, but those hotels are discount hotels. For the rooms. And I am super excited about the hotel. Like full-on Captain Obvious bed? Yeah. I would not sleep here. <laughs> the Flamingo one... So I stayed in a room with Dale last year, uh, and we both were like, so did you notice in the shower that there's black stuff growing on the ceiling? And we were like, yeah, I've never seen black mold before. Is that black mold? Quick Wikipedia for black mold. In fact, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should, be, it should be a lot of fun. Um, I think for me, one of the reasons I really like traveling to events like this is you get out of Dodge, 
Um, and you're right with the meeting a lot of new people. Yep. Seeing a lot of... Eventually turns into old friends that you'll see over time. Yep. And it's one of the things that we used to have when there was grand tournaments in Alberta. Because you'd travel to the big tourney... Uh, in Calgary, and, and there'd be your Calgary Vancouver, friends, Vancouver, yep. Toronto, Toronto, like people that you kind of see just at the events. Yeah, yep. yeah, every year. Yep. And we haven't had that locally for a while. No, I mean since yeah, since those, really the GTs left. Those truly regional events are something that we've been lacking in our neck of the woods for the last little while. Like we've been pretty fortunate that for at onslaught or out of the basement, we'll get people from um, Prince George or Grand Prairie or Hinton, and that's great. Those people are awesome for traveling to come to tournaments in Edmonton. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, especially sometimes in, like, full-on winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah especially in winter. Yeah. That's <laughs> taking your life in your hands across, especially uh, in Grand Prairie down. Yeah, but it maybe it's at a point where they just kind of feel like the local community because we've hung out with them enough. Well, you see them, you know, five, six times a year now. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's, it is local community. It's Alberta's gaming community. It's cool to go always to a bigger event. And again, that's the reason why we don't play in weekend tournaments every week, is they're not as special as, uh, like, Onslaught, where you get more people coming down, or... And because I'm busy watching my team lose at football. Yeah, that's... Well, not anymore. That's true. Not anymore. <laughs> not for <laughs> at least <laughs> this year. Eight months? How many, how many more months is it until they start playing again? Until September. Six. Six. So yeah, like eight months. Six, eight months? Yeah, eight I don't months. watch preseason, so... Oh, okay. It's not on TV anyway. Yeah. So, can't wait. Uh, what are you? What are you most anticipating? What are you expecting out of this? I want to know since you since you've never been before. What do you think? What are you most looking forward to? I'm, I want to go first. I'm expecting you guys to have a really good shut up and take my money when you get back, and then have nothing for several weeks after. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yes. Dan wins. <laughs> what I'm looking forward to most is playing the henchman hardcore with nothing but pigs, making all kinds of like, and just being that Canadian guy. Okay. Are you going to bring your bacon? Can I, you I'm going to f- bacon? I'm going to find a way to have bacon with me. Oh, I bet you could get the hotel to make you some. On a plate. For sure you could. It's Vegas. I'm going to go to a buffet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just stuff some in a shirt pocket. Have some hairy bacon. Just, oh, disgusting. Yeah. I'm going to try and track down some bacon candy before I go. That's but good. Uh, I, I think overall the biggest thing for me is, like I said before, I, I have no idea what International Malifo is like. Because you, yeah. re- you read what people talk about for their strategies and their lists online, and the shit people say about Gremlins on Facebook and on, it, like, Mal or Weird's uh, forums, I disagree with almost everything everyone says, so I'm, <laughs> I'm really curious if it's me or them. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. If it's anything to do with the, the 40k online community, they're usually wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're probably okay. Yeah, like the the storm surge that is kicking ass and clearly mathematically awesome has been widely considered to be terrible. Like the forums think it's just god awful toughness six gargantuan creature. You can't win with that. It has what? eight wounds and can shoot D missiles and and it's just like I think online community if it's not clearly going to crush face, yeah, it's terrible. But, like, the one thing Nobody for me, sees subtlety, if you know what I mean. Most yeah. lists I see online for Summer Thief Jones do not have Skeeters. Locally, the <laughs> most hated Heaven model. forbid. No, but locally, the most hated model in our lo- like in Edmonton from Alpha is Skeeters. People fucking hate playing against them because they think they're completely broken. And I don't see people taking them online. Huh. 
So I'm just curious. Maybe that's your ace. You're just going to come in and just wreck face and from just Canada. Skeet. <laughs> just skeet on everybody's face. <laughs> <laughs> Get politely asked not oh. to come back next year. <laughs> oh, you man. Said, Take your bacon and leave. <laughs> uh, that and I think the pub night is going to be a hoot. So you basically are looking forward to a lot of things. I'm looking... Okay, no. <laughs> I'm looking forward to when we get to the airport and have a beer in the airport. That's why we're going early, so we I'm can drink before we get on the plane. I'm looking forward to that. Like, the moment we leave on Thursday, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. Shit, it's just over a week. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. And the thing that is also crazy is I'm we I'm looking have... forward to unpaid overtime. I'm trying not to be bitter right now. <laughs> We told you what you have to do. You just I don't know. listen. I cannot wait for uh, for the event to start. Uh, one of the things that I like about these events that are these destination things, they start at 11 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. They yeah, don't start fuck. at 8. We had four rounds of Malifaux, or four rounds of 35-point War Machine at Over the Basement last weekend. It started at 8.30. Yeah, that's... No. (laughs) Like, these are hour and a half long games max. You don't need to wrap up your Saturday night event at 5 o'clock. Wrap it up at 8 o'clock and let's start at, I don't know, 11? Like they do down at Vegas? Because they realize people are going to be hung the fuck over. (laughs) Because it's Vegas. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of the pub uh, pub crawl, there's a reason it happens on Saturday night where most people aren't playing on the Sunday. Makes well, sense. and I feel that our our Calgary adventure is gonna was prep for this. We you have no idea. You have absolutely no idea what is going to occur. Steve, we lost each other in Calgary. We did. We did. I found myself, <laughs> but I lost you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so upcoming events. I gotta pull this up because I didn't have it open. And this is normally Ward's job. Yeah, he's not here. And Slack it again. God damn it, Ward. Jesus, he's just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> not here to defend himself, poor guy. Okay, so um, is this one even going to be relevant? On January 31st is the RCACC fundraiser. Is this the cadets, the air cadets. Yeah, but are we going to be posted before then? Well, uh, that's the 31st of the, is the Sunday, right? So maybe... Yeah. So if you're listening to this Saturday night and have nothing to do tomorrow, assuming nothing goes wrong with recording or like actually putting this online, and I also think that one might be a doubles tournament for 40k. It says 40k ITC uh, 1850. Then maybe it isn't. I know there's a doubles tournament coming up right away, and I thought it was the Rook Air Cadets fundraiser, but the doubles I thought was at that game day. Anyways, never mind. Never mind. I can um, after that is the LVO. Yay! Uh, so February 5th to 7th. Uh, if you're going to be going to Vegas, you probably know already. You're listening to this. Steve went at the last possible second previously, so it's possible. I did. The first time I went, I booked my flight at midnight the day before, which was a terrible idea. And your wife was super impressed. Alaska Airlines uh, canceled my flight four hours after I booked it. (laughs) At four in the morning. At four in the morning when I was supposed to catch the flight. So uh, there was a, a phone operator on the other end that was gracious enough to... Book me on the WestJet flight at 11 or like 10. I can't remember what time it was, but I made it to my first game 15 minutes late from the airport. <laughs> so okay. don't book with Alaska Air is the moral of that story. Or if you're going to do it, book 24 hours in advance instead of four. Four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then after that, March 12th is the Star Wars Armada Store Championship. Woo-hoo! So and I want to play that. Where nice. is that? <laughs> <I'll start. laughs> 
All-star. 400 points. Um, yeah. Again, this is Ward's job. It's okay. You're not You're not used to this. This is new. We'll, 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 we'll have a talk with the back. He did say all-star. I just don't know if he just didn't scroll over far enough. No. Is there so many stars? It was like Star Wars Armada, all-star, Star Wars. Like, it's, is this the first uh, store championships you're going to be playing in for Armada? For me, yeah. yeah. I just haven't been able to, The other ones have been just too far away. I'm interested to see what that's like with the, I guess, not limited ships, but there's what, only... It's less than 10 ships right now? Yeah. Yeah, but much. it's no different from when X-Wing first came out, right? Yeah, yeah I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Um, yeah, just see how that will go. There's a lot of different all, ways to build also, them, too. There's also the new release. that The Wave 2's out now, so it's yes. not just a box set anymore. It's yeah, I saw the Wave 2 stuff, and I, it looks good, especially the Rebel stuff. The models are pretty. Yeah, they're Star Wars. They always have good designs. If it wasn't for you guys already owning everything, I would have probably bought them. I said that So I, I said that with uh, Star Wars, or X-Wing, and now I... I bought a shitload of X-Wing over the weekend, so... I'm... Yeah, you've got a good holding little out. spread of ships now. Yeah, a lot of scum. It is a lot of scum. Wow. Yeah, I got an IG-88 list and a Bosk. So I basically have enough to play two lists. <laughs> there you go. Are there any other events that you guys can yes. think of coming up? Not that I know of. I don't really care. There's a bunch of small ones, <laughs> but nothing big. You know, it sounds terrible, but after the LVO, I'll probably take, like, two months off of events. And maybe play some draws. <laughs> play some Freya, not 40k. Drops. Yeah, that's why. Malifo is this, and then You're my next big thing. Right You're not going to play with I'll play Drop Zone. In fact, I have a color scheme that I actually want to do now. Yeah, but the next thing for me will be, will be Lock and Load in June. So I've got four months to prep for that. Which is going to be involving painting an entire new army. That'd be cool. That's not intense at all. No, no, no. No. Yeah, after we get back, the next event is Paint Calf. Fuck. Yeah, I'm kind of in that boat, too. I've got 30 white marines that have no detailing whatsoever on them, so... Not intimidating at all. Fortunately, weathering powders do a lot of work. True. Yeah, also, can we come back? What level of... What do we consider painted? Finished. (laughs) Three-color minimum? No, finish your fucking models. But three-color minimum. No, Steve. Goddamn. Get it done. Finish to a self-respecting standard. Yeah. Do you want us to mock you? I'm concerned that I'm going to lose a brush after this. <laughs> Three brushes. <laughs> Three brushes. Three brushes. I don't only want one Windsor. So you got to. Go we're going to make you more. buy two more, and then we're going to burn them. That doesn't really bother me that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of. I'm worried I'm going to be a little burnt out, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the nice thing is actually it's not that many models. No. no, it really isn't. And if you stick to the simple armor plates and then focus on the details. It's a lot easier. Yes. Yeah. It's no, very know. manageable. I know. I know. I'm just worried about being burnt out. <laughs> you signed on. I signed on. If I fail, you guys get to you get to burn my brushes. I thought it was one, and I only own one. No, it's three. <laughs> it's three. Sucks. All right. That's fine. With a point. They have to be able to make a point. Yeah. Shit. Well, they're right? going to be Dude. brand fucking you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up, because now we're just being really self-indulgent. So... Until next time, this has been another episode of Hibernate in Canada. I'm your host, Tom. I'm Dan. Mike. And I'm Steve. And we'll see you fuckers in Vegas! (laughs) Or not. Yeah! Or not. (laughs) 